Well, before I start, part of how I want to get into this, I want to tell you about a phone conversation I had with my brother not too long ago. I have, I have five s- other siblings. There's six of us. Um, and I have, I'm the oldest boy. So I have an older sister. She's one year older than I am. And then it's me, and I have uh, four younger brothers. And one of my brothers I'm really close with. He's just three years younger than I am. And I love talking to him because we are very much alike. Our personalities, our humor, uh, the things we like, the things we don't like, we, we are just so similar, except he's really cool and funny and he looks handsome and all that. So except for those things, we are very much alike. And I was on the phone with him and I was really excited because I wanted to share a dad joke that I just heard. He just became a father not too long ago. He's got another baby on the way. And so he's just now stepping into dad life. He, he works at Google, he drives a BMW, He's really had a pretty nifty life in his later years, and now he has children, so he's starting to understand me a little bit better. And so I got on the phone with him, and I'm like, dude, I got to tell you this joke. Now listen, if you know the answer to this joke, don't steal my thunder, okay? I'm up here, not you, okay? So don't ruin this. Uh, But this is the joke I want to share with you. This is what I told him on the phone. I was so excited to tell him. I was like, okay, Mark, that's that's my brother's name, Mark. I was like, why did the man fall in the well? Why did the man fall into the well? Yeah, why did he fall? That's the question. And, I'll, and this is the answer. I was so excited. I was like, because he couldn't see that well. <laughs> Get it? Why did the man fall the well? Because he couldn't see that well. Yeah, okay. That reaction is the reaction I was looking for. Dead silence. He didn't say a thing. He was quiet. And it was in that moment, because I know his humor, that he wasn't listening to me. He did not. He was doing something else. I don't even know what he was doing. And, and I, you know, I, I'm vulnerable. I'm a human being. I know I look tough like I can do whatever I want, but I, I have feelings. I'm sensitive, and I was hurt. I was hurt that he wasn't listening to me. I actually got so upset, I just wanted to hang up on him. I was like, you know what? If you're not going to listen to my awesome joke that you should have liked, then we could just stop the conversation now. And, and it made me realize, like, how does it feel when someone does not listen to you? How does it feel when someone's not listening to you, when they're not hearing you, they're not paying attention, it's like they don't care, and they ignore you? How does that feel? Well, some of you that are married, you, you know how that feels. Um, and here's the reality. We all want to be listened to. We all want to be cared for because God made us that way. God made each of us in His image And there's a sense in which we want to connect with someone else. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. And so listening is something that God designed us with. It's something that we appreciate and we like, even though we don't always do it. uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, if you're familiar with him as an author, he's got very neat stuff to say. He was pretty blunt in a lot of his assertions. But he said this one time. He said, many people are looking for an ear that will listen, They do not find it among Christians because Christians are talking when they should be listening. Now, I know that kind of stings a little bit, and I know some of you are like, no, I mean, I don't like bashing the church because we're the bride of Christ, and and I'm not one of these that's like anti-Christians, and I just want to always be on the other side of the fence, but it is somewhat true. There are a lot of areas in which Christians are not known for, they're not popular for listening. There's a sense in which we're not, and part of that is because of who we are. We're, we are actually trained, if you went to s- church as a young child, you were trained to talk, to share your faith, to defend your faith, to preach, to teach, to persuade. You were actually trained to speak. 
But we realize as we get older that the first step to all of those things is actually listening. The first step in connecting with someone and them hearing you and being able to share is actually listening to them. So I want to just share, I'm also guilty. I picked up my brother Mark. If he were here, um, I would have to say this because he'd be here. But uh, I also don't listen all the time. There, there are many times where I've asked my wife for forgiveness. I've asked my kids for forgiveness. I've asked God to forgive me for not listening to my neighbors, my friends, uh, my pastor, the person preaching. I, there have been many times where I was not listening, where I've had to ask God uh, for forgiveness. And, but the truth is we all want to be listened to. We all want to be heard. And in our passage today, James explains how our faith in God affects our listening. He wants us to be on the same track. He wants us to be on the same page. And this is the main idea. Our faith in Jesus should influence how we listen. Now, we listen to two groups of people. We listen to humans, and we listen to the Trinity. We listen to God. There are two different ways in which we listen. We listen to God, and we listen to people. And so I want to read to you where we're going to be this morning in James 1.19, and then we'll pray. James 1.19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now I want to pray for our time, and then, and then we'll keep going. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your mercy that is new each morning, the way that you care for us, your joy that you have over us because of your son Jesus and how you have made us in your image and you have called us to yourself. And I thank you for this camp. Again, we pray for our kids, um, the students that are here. Would you keep them safe, healthy? We pray for Ambush and the staff, the team. Would you, by your mighty right hand, keep any of them from... Uh, from being infected with the coronavirus, I pray that you would keep them healthy and that you would remain, that you would remain over this place, that you would put your hand of favor on this place, that you would bless it and keep it and make your face shine upon it, that you would lift up your countenance toward us and uh, bring us peace. And we just thank you so much for this opportunity. Would you open the eyes and ears of our hearts that we would listen? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. So quick to hear means you're swift and ready to listen. You have the habit of listening. You don't need to be reminded to listen. I'll give you an example. This is what not quick to hear is. Not quick to hear is when I have to tell my children 15 times, stop talking, stop moving, stop getting up, stop looking at your toys, stop touching this. I need you to listen. Listen to mommy. There will be times to where the kids will be running around the house and Courtney will start speaking. I'm like, hold up. I know what needs to happen. Everyone sit down on the floor right here before you do anything else and then they're ready to listen. Now that is not being quick to listen. That's being like a child. That's being immature. That's needing help. That's needing aids. That's, that's needing stuff to help you listen. When he uses this word quick, this swiftness, the idea is a habit. I want you, know this my beloved brothers, every person, everybody should be quick to listen. That means you have a habit. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I, I learned a lot about purity and about the fear of the Lord. And I realized very young at this college age that I did not fear God like I should. There would be times where uh, one example was we went to the beach and I had sunglasses on, and because I had sunglasses on, 
I didn't think anybody paid attention to what I was looking at. And so I just let my eyes wander. I didn't care because no one was looking. And then I felt convicted that weekend, and we were actually on a mission-type trip, and God convicted me and says, you care what other people think because if you didn't have those sunglasses on, you wouldn't have looked. You wouldn't have been looking at anything. But because you had those sunglasses on, you didn't care, and it's because you didn't know I was looking the entire time. I see you. I know that this is an issue. And, and so I made a covenant with my eyes, as Joshua would say. I, I, made, this, I, I made this commitment. I am, I'm not going to allow my eyes to belong to anybody else except the Lord. And so I started this habit, and I just call it look away. Not real fancy. I just call it look away. I started doing this. Every time there was something that I thought that I would be tempted to look at, I just looked away. I literally moved my head. And, and, but I had, to, I had to tell myself to move. I had to literally remind me, oh, don't look. One time I was driving, uh, uh, I, I bought a 1991 Saturn SL stick shift. Uh, I think it was worth about $14. And uh, I was driving, and uh, I saw a woman jogging, and I, saw, I caught her in the corner of my eye, and I thought, you know what? I shouldn't look. I, I shouldn't look, because I wanted to look. There was something in me, I was curiosity. It's because, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy, and, and, and that kind of thing, that kind of beauty, just whoosh, it just sticks to me. So I'm like, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look. And then I thought, uh, well, I mean, I don't want to not look. I don't want to not know, what, what if she was hurt? You know, what if something's happened? You know, all the, yeah, yeah. You're laughing because it's real. That's real. Uh, you know, we're human beings. So I looked, and by the time I got close enough and I looked, had to have been a 70-year-old woman jogging. Had to have been. <laughs> and, uh, and I know you, you, you're laughing. There's a reason why I'm sharing my dirty laundry with you. Uh, one, because I'm not going to ask you to come up here and be honest. Uh, I want you to be honest with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm sharing this with you because I had to learn, I had to train myself to do something to where now I don't even think about it. I honestly, I'm not, I'm not boasting, clearly. I just shared with you some embarrassing college day stories. I do not even have to think before I turn away from something. I, it doesn't even register. I, I, could be, I could be writing a paper, and I could look away and keep writing, and I won't even realize I'm looking away because something's trying to catch my eye. I don't even pay attention anymore. I am quick to look away because I developed that habit over years. I don't even have a desire to look. Well, I shouldn't say that like I don't even have a desire to look. I don't want to look at things, and it's so natural, it's so normal, I just, I just look away, I just have this habit. When James uses this phrase, be quick to hear, what he's saying is develop a habit so that you are so quick, before you have to think about it and work it out, you are ready to listen. It is a habit. I'll give you another example of listening, being quick to listen. Uh, I got married 12 and a half years ago, and um, my first years of marriage, I realized how arrogant I was. I realized how proud I was, and it was hard for me because I was right, and I wanted to prove to my spouse that I was right, and I realized how dumb that was, and, and, uh, and I hear that never goes away. I hear you always work through that, uh, but I, I realized I need to train myself to do something different. And so I, I just started repeating this phrase in my mind after Scripture. All this came from Scripture. I was like, okay, God, she's right. Show me how she's right. I don't want to start off thinking, okay, let me see if I can come to her conclusion. What I do is, Father, you're trying to speak to me through my wife, who's godly and loves you, and she's intelligent and bright. 
you're trying to speak to me. She's right. Now show me how she's right. What I found out that more times than not, having that approach, I found out she really was right. She was really correct. Not like, oh, wives are always right. You're not always right. But she was right a lot more often than I realized because I had to start off thinking, she's right, show me how she's right. Now, if I went through that whole process and I still couldn't figure out how she's right, like, Holy Spirit, help me understand. It was like, no, I don't think this is correct. I don't think this is the right way. But I would get to that conclusion a lot more humbly, a lot more better when I started with that. That became such a habit that I do that with my coworkers. I do that with people I meet. I do that with friends. I, I pray in my mind while I'm talking to someone, they're right, show me how they're right. And I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me how they're right. That has helped me in my life more than a hundred sermons I've heard on, on listening. Just those practices, those habits. James, the letter of James, is very, very practical. So when he's saying being quick to listen, he's not just saying, hey, you guys, come on, listen up, like a dad would tell his kids. He's talking to adults saying, hey, are you quick to listen? Are, are you like so in the habit of listening that you say things and think things immediately when someone's talking, when someone's sharing, that you are on purpose focused and listening? That's that idea of swiftness, being quick to hear. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In Proverbs 18, 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. If you already think you're right before you listen, you're acting foolishly. And it will only be to your shame. So that's part of uh, what helped me. She's right. How is she right? So listen before you speak. So when he says be quick to listen, one practical step, and this, this isn't going to blow your mind, but I, I would have to ask you to, to ask yourself this question. Does your spouse, do your children, do the people around you think of you as someone who is so quick to listen? You are such a great listener. Now, don't answer that out loud, and, and if your spouse is here, they know. Um, but don't just think of this as like a Bible lesson where you could be like, yeah, I've heard that before. I want you to really internalize this. Is this reflected in your life, that you are quick to listen? One way that you can help yourself, you can repeat this. I know it seems simplistic, but you'd be surprised how simple things work. Listen before you speak. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Practical example, you can teach your kids, you can pass your faith on. Listen, here's a principle in life. Listen before you speak. Proverbs 17, 27 says, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. Listen before you speak. Restrain your words. Don't speak first. They're right, how are they right? Listen before you speak. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And this even applies to your relationship with God. I want to show you Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, that book of wisdom from the teacher. He says, To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know what they are doing, that what that they are doing is evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Listen before you speak when it comes to people and when it comes to God and what he's saying about letting your words be few is listen more than you speak So if you can listen before you speak 
and you can listen more than you speak, you will be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's what James is trying to drive out. If you could be very practical in your faith, a faith is one that listens, it listens more than it speaks, it listens before it speaks. And it will eventually tap into your thinking and your desires. In Proverbs 10, 19, he says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. I made a big mistake. I was, uh, this was back in my high school days. I got saved at age 16, so late bloomer, and I went to this, this church, and the preacher preached, and we ended up talking afterward, and I was really with my youth minister at the time, but he was there. They were buddies. They were talking together, and uh, I had just read this verse for the first time, and so I thought it would be, re- you know when you're young and you think something will be funny, and it for sure will not be funny, but you don't know that because you're young. So I share this verse with him. I like memorize it. And I was like, you know, you talked a lot up there. And he's like, yeah. And he thought I was going to say something like, and you did a great job. And I was like, well, let me share a verse with you. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. And but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Now, I thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. And I was the only one laughing. And it was to my own shame that I said that. Uh, but it's true. It is true that the more you talk, eventually you're going to run out of the Holy Spirit and you're going to start hitting the reservoir of flesh and everything in your flesh, you know what's going to come out of that? Not good. It's not going to be good words. So uh, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. And so that's why James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. He gets to anger, which is interesting. Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, why does he move to anger? Because all the verses I just shared had nothing to do with anger. This is why. I'll give you an example that you can all relate to. Um, I have five kids, and my oldest two boys, of course, I have been the hardest on. You know, I was a new dad, and, and I had to learn that parenting is not what I thought. I thought parenting was making sure they did all the right things, and I slowly l- realized that's not parenting. Um, that kind of parenting uh, leads to exasperation. They just give up. They're exasperated. They're angry. They f- I can't live up to your standards. Um, and so I had to learn through older, wiser counsel that parenting, you have to help your kids process. You can't just react right away. You can't just yell right away. You can't lash out. You can't scold before you listen to them and talk to them. So uh, my parents didn't raise me right. I was abused in multiple ways as a kid. And so I had to learn as a young dad, you can't just do what feels and what your father did and what feels right. And so I'm st- I was still learning this. And my son, or my daughter comes to me, my daughter is my only daughter, and so there's like a connection we have to where she's the only girl. And so I probably do things with her I don't do with the boys, but it just feels natural, you know? And so she came to me, and she was crying, and she said uh, her brother hit her. Now, I've taught my sons, you don't ever hit a girl no matter what. I don't care what anybody else says or does, you do not hit a girl. You, you will figure it out in a hundred different ways without hitting. You never, ever, ever hit a girl. So I've explained this to them over and over, they hit Amelia. I go upstairs, and I'm like, you guys, did you hit Amelia? This is not right. I looked at my son. I gave him that dad face, that mean, I'm disappointed in you. I shouldn't be like this because God the Father's not like this, but I'm like this. I was mad at him, disappointed with him, and I said, I can't believe you did that, and I scolded him, and he started tearing up, and so I thought, oh, you're going to start tearing up? You think this is okay? There's, there are no excuses, and I said, I don't know why you're crying. You shouldn't hit her, blah, blah, so I get done. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. Amelia's like kind of stopped crying now, and then he tells me, I didn't hit her. I said, but she told me, she just told me you hit her. 
no, I didn't hit her. This is what happened. And then she, oh, my four-year-old daughter, well, he, d- he didn't hit me, hit me, and blah, blah, blah. I, it's, I, I embrace embarrassment with, with people. I don't really feel like less than a person. I don't find my identity in other people's acceptance. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to how bad I feel when I'm not a godly person with my kids, I feel this tall. I felt so bad. I felt horrible because I, I didn't take one second to listen. When you are not quick to listen, a lot of times you get angry. It is actually the act of not listening that a lot of times you become angry. And I'm not talking, don't think of like the red-blooded man who's like known for his anger and like 50% of you think, I don't have an anger problem. Okay, if you have kids, you've got an anger problem, okay? I know, right? Not in front of other people. You're like, at the store, you're like, oh, please stop, please stop. You get to the van, you're like, I can't believe you did this. You will never have this again. Is anybody watching? Oh, yeah, give me, you know. Okay, you have anger, okay? The reason why you get angry is because you stop listening. You are no longer hearing the truth. You are acting out of your flesh because you are not listening to the Spirit. You're not listening to the people around you. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. There's a reason why James, the just, Mr. Wise James, there's a reason why he brings in anger. Because if you don't listen, you often get angry. So, let me ask you, what makes you quick to anger? I want you to take a moment to think. What makes you get angry quickly? Is it your children? If they spill something, if they don't listen? Is it stuff at work? If people aren't listening, if people aren't doing things? Is it when circumstances? Is it, you know, what makes you quick to get angry? And I want you to think of those, those partic- everyone's unique, those particular times, and I want to ask you, why are you not listening in that moment? What is going on in your heart and mind that you have refused to listen and to receive in those moments? Because the Holy Spirit wants to help you understand, one, why you're getting so angry. And he wants to help you process how to get through that. He doesn't want you to live in shame. Shame's only going to make you more angry and not listen. Uh, Your guilt, if you confess your sins, he will make you right. He will cleanse those things. He will work those things. But you need time to process through, why am I getting so angry? So think about those things. Proverbs 17, 27. Whoever restrains restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. So if you want to be cool, you, you don't have unrighteous anger. If, if you restrain your words, if you stop talking and you, you listen more, you listen before you speak, you can have a cool spirit. It's, a, it's the anger that is not bad. Now, all anger is not bad, and you probably already know this. I realize Gull Lake people are like church people, so you've heard this before. Being angry is not a sin. Uh, Psalm 4.4, in your anger, do not sin, but while you're on your bed, search your heart and be silent. So there's a sense in which when you're angry, the anger itself is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. So what does the psalmist tell us? Sit silently. Don't speak. I teach my kids, what is the first rule when you feel angry? What is the number one rule? And, they, and the, boy, the older two boys know it. Don't talk. The first rule when you're anger is, angry is don't say anything. James 119, Psalm 4.4. 4. Uh, even Jesus spoke about the unrighteous anger of man. So there's a sense in which the number one rule when you feel angry is to not talk. 
That's step number one. Now, there's other steps because you have to process through. You have to pray. You have to think through. You have to calm down. But the number one rule is do not talk because all anger is not bad. Like, you could be angry when someone sins. You could be angry because there's abuse out there because people are taking advantage of people they shouldn't. You could be angry at sin, but even when you're angry at sin, even righteous anger, you should be silent and, and ask God to search your heart and to think about what he wants you to do about that. So being angry, the first step is always don't talk. Listen before you speak and listen more than you speak. Your faith in God uh, should move you to listen before and more than you speak. And the reason why is speaking too quickly and too much leads to sin. Um, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Being quick to speak and, and quick to anger, it just leads to sin, you know, Proverbs 14, 29. Um, and this is what 1 Corinthians teaches us about love. Listening leads to love. Speaking and anger leads to sin, but listening leads to love. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, and I want you to think about it in the way of anger. There's many applications to this, but I want to just apply it to anger. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Uh, That's love. Now, how would this play through the act of listening? What would this look like in your marriage or in your parenting? Uh, what if we practice this in politics and in, in social help? What would happen uh, if we listen? So listening expresses kindness. It expresses patience. So love is patient and kind. When you listen, you are actually expressing patience. You're expressing kindness. You're being kind to them. Listening defeats boasting. You can't boast if you're listening. If you're listening to the Spirit and you're listening to God and you don't think you have the answers and you're, you're listening, you're not boasting. So listening is an active, practical way to exhibit love. Listening is an act of humility. When you're listening, you're not being arrogant. You're not thinking you know the answers because you are searching out answers. I, I do this all the time. Lord, help me understand what you're trying to speak to, through, to me through them. And uh, Courtney always makes fun of me because I have odd friends. I don't know why this is. Uh, I connect with people that are odd. And by odd, I mean, I'm just being very blunt with you. If there's, There are odd people in this room, I'm sure. And you won't know I'm talking about you because you don't know you're odd. Uh, <laughs> and that's just, that's just the truth. But I, I connect with people that are odd. And the reason why is I don't know if it was my background and what God brought me through. I don't feel awkward with anybody. There is nobody I've ever felt awkward with in the sense of they're too this way or they're too that way. I just enjoy people, even people that are strange and odd, and I know they're strange and odd. I like them. I like being with them. I can understand them. I I get their weird humor and their weird isms, and I get their pushy this, and I get their odd manner. I used to have this friend, no kidding, would walk around like this. And I mean, he just, I guess he was... Uh, I don't know what the proper turn is. He, he didn't go to any special class. He just was like this. He always talked like this, and he would say these weird things. He's one of my, he was one of my best friends when I lived in Tennessee I, I, because it didn't bother me. It bothered people around him. Other people thought he was strange. It didn't bother me. Um, it doesn't bother me in that way to receive them, and I've learned in the Christian life there's too much people getting bothered. Uh, I actually sat at a table this week 
when someone mentioned uh, a speaker, a teacher, a public teacher that maybe you guys would know the name, but that person was slow to mention them. And then I was like, do you like this teacher? And she was like, yeah. And I knew, because I've been through this a hundred times, you were afraid to mention you like this person because you didn't know if everyone else at the table liked this person. Why is there so much, I'm bothered by, you know, you, I'm not ready. I think that has to do something with us not being quick to listen, quick to receive, quick to be open and, and tolerant of other people. And so what would it look like if we listened? It would express patience and kindness and, and humility, and it goes a long way in spiritual conversation. So we have to take a quick break because you guys have to leave, and then we'll continue on. Um, and, but I want to pray for you. If you guys get a moment today, maybe if you're writing down in your journal, would you take some time to pray, ask the question, God, why, what makes me so quick to get angry? And why is it that my lack of listening, what causes me to not love somebody by not listening? What, what is it going on? Because it could be your tradition. It could be the way your father raised. All of us have daddy issues. It could be the way your father, and that's just reality. We all have father issues. I remember the first time I heard that from an older man who was teaching a pastor's son. And the pastor's son was like, my dad's fantastic. He was a preacher for 50 years, and he's blah, blah, blah. And he was saying all this, and he said, okay, I'll prove it to you. It didn't take him three weeks to convince that man, that, that man, that he had daddy issues. All of us have issues in the way that we were raised and the people that we come in contact with. So take some real time to reflect and think, where is this anger coming from? Why am I not quick to listen and, and let the Holy Spirit do his work? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your love for us. I thank you for this great group of people. And uh, some of these words are hard. And I know they're meant to be hard. I pray that you would not let us brush it off, that you would not let us pretend that we are just like James and we don't need your rebuke and correction and teaching. I pray that you would humble us, that you would help us to think about how important it is that we listen. I pray for our country. Um, I pray for what's happening in homes and not just communities, but an entire nation that's divided. And uh, I know part of that is because people are not listening. Would you help us to be a people that listens and would it reflect your glory and your truth and your word that we live by? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have 10 minutes and then we'll come back and, and finish.